0: Yep, and you know what? I did not. You like it. I did not run a poll. I because w- we we said we we're gonna run a poll on on the third, um, the third cause of the epidemic. Or sorry. The the healthcare crisis in the U.S. and um, and I did not run a poll on Facebook. I meant to, and didn't do it. Do it. Uh, so if you guys have a vote for the third third cause of the, Margo, what's going on? Great to see you. I'm in your office. I'm upstairs right now. <laughs> uh, if you guys have a, uh, a uh, I guess, a, a guess or a thought, what, what, what was the question again, Doc?
1: Well, you know, I, I think our current healthcare crisis, as you know, our country, with all the healthcare dollars we spend, ranks about 33rd in uh, mortality rates and overall health care in the world. So we rank up there below a lot of third world countries. So I've always said that um, I think our two biggest healthcare problems are obesity and drug abuse, whether it's prescription or illicit drugs. I think a lot of our healthcare problems are from those two things with obesity being number one. Um, so, I had a discussion with a, another doctor last week in Florida about the number three, um, what would come in third. He agreed with my top two. And um, so, I, I have my own thoughts about it. And we thought we'd do a poll, which apparently you didn't do. But um, <laughs> uh, so, maybe we'll just get it out there for next week. Or I'll tell you, my really my third one is. Um, uh, mental health issues, um, I would say. Uh, Bianca says toxins. That's a good one. That's a really good one. You know, that's one of those hidden things that isn't as apparent, but, you know, you're, we do live in a very toxic world. There's no doubt about it. It causes all kinds of problems. Um, and I, I think that's one reason obesity is number one, is because when you have a lot of fat, you, that's where your toxins are stored in the fats. Um, but, um, highly processed foods. That's a great one. Um, and
0: we're getting a couple, I, I may do a, I may
1: do a podcast this coming week on something that I found out about today. I'll have to keep you in suspense on that, but remind me, Bim, because I, I really found something really cool for, from actually one of my patients that I'll have to tell you about. And I think I may do a podcast on it next week sedentary lifestyle your lack of exercise i mean that's way up there um you know this this doctor that um i was discussing this issue with in the hot tub down in boca um, he's from boston and um, he's actually a harvard medical professor and we had a good discussion about health his number three was um, gun violence Interesting. Um, of course, he lives, of course, in a way bigger city. Um, but so just interesting. i like to see what everybody thinks. Those are already already some great ideas. What do
0: you think about Chuck's?
1: Lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Chuck, I think I'm going to give you the prize on that one. Chuck, congratulations. Ben, send him a T-shirt or something. Uh, we'll, we'll
0: get Chuck something. He,
1: he's got to get a T-shirt. We'll, a, a we'll make that happen. A T-shirt for that. I love that, that just struck my funny bone which I love Nothing against lawyers my brother is a lawyer and a judge you know um <laughs> Carter saying seed oils seed oil. Yeah That's a big one I bet Mercola would agree with that um
0: Lim wasteful spending mm-hmm. Definitely Yeah A lot of great yeah. yeah I I mean so you're saying number 1 is obesity number 2 is illicit drug use Drug
1: use overall, whether prescription, overuse, or drug taking, and that includes all the drug addicts, the fentanyl overdoses. And, I mean, that's a wide topic. And so is mental health, you know, really. Sometimes that bleeds into, uh, drug abuse bleeds into mental health, but there's a lot of mental health problems worsened by the COVID shutdowns, of course. But, I mean, our young kids, it's unbelievable how many if you look at the the polling of these young kids, it's a hard time to be a kid. I, th- I think one out of every four or five kids has thought about suicide in the last six months. I mean, that's horrible.
0: And I, you know, what's so interesting is, you know, I was talking to mom actually yesterday about, you know, just the importance of being around people and being, you know, in community. Um, and I think, you know, uh, with you know, technology, I, I think, I think we need to use technology to, you know, be more together in a way. And, and I feel like, you know, it's, it's done the opposite so far, but, uh, we need to be around people. Um, so I'm thankful for everyone, uh, in the comments interacting right now. Like I, I, I think this is a, uh, this is a cool community and, and, and hopefully, um, you know, I can can help with some of that stuff but uh, i'm seeing gosh this is a great question by sonia like uh steve is saying alcohol is a drug agreed um uh tracy's saying all three are inter- interconnected agreed they are uh super cool. Um guys, so if, if y'all have thoughts on the third cause of the healthcare crisis, go ahead and put those in the comments. We'll be kind of interacting with that throughout. Thank y'all so much for being with us tonight on the Performance Medicine show.
1: That uh, is true that that uh, the lawyer thing because <laughs> you know, it drives the cost of healthcare up because doctors practice defensively. They practice for fear of getting sued, so they order too many tests. They feel like they have to put everybody on every medication because if you don't have that diabetic on a stat and then they're going to ding you for some reason. I mean, there's all kinds of stupid rules out there and, and fear of being sued. That's a major fear with any, any healthcare provider. Um, so that a lot of times they practice defensively and that's not a good way to practice medicine. Um, you end up using too many medications and, just looking at numbers and not really focusing on the overall health of your patient. Um, But anyway, that's a subject for another time. But
0: uh, we're going to keep talking about that guys. We're going to get to the questions that came in throughout the week. Thank you uh, in advance to everybody who uh, either sent an email in with a question for Dr. Rogers or connected with us on Instagram or Facebook. I'm going to start um, I'm going to start with this, but it's a, it's a fiber question. And, um, I went ahead and, and I did talk to, to, uh, Lucas about this question, our nutrition coach out of the, the Johnson city location. And, uh, he mm-hmm. gave me a great answer and I'm interested to see kind of where you're at. Now, as what, well. Luca,
1: what Lucas say about it? Well, let, let, that's a good question. That's a really good question.
0: Let me read this real quick. Okay. I know you love the hemp fiber, but hemp or, or, or psyllium, please explain this. Here it goes. When the soluble fiber gel-like substance slows digestion, thus limiting what is absorbed, which could help to lower cholesterol and regulate blood sugar levels, how does this also not limit absorption of the good nutrients that we want to absorb? I never really know the best time to take the fiber as to not interfere with absorption of the good stuff. So uh, we get a lot of questions great, around absorption. And question. And question. Uh, we talk a lot about the timing of when to take some of these uh, supplements, or in some in some cases medications. So I'm gonna answer here what what Lucas said, uh, and here's here's what he texted me back. He said fiber is a contradictory subject, as noted by the person's question. They seem intuitive. Uh, based on my readings on fiber, it's been often recommended that your fiber full meals be consumed last. Or taken after you finish your vitamin rich foods, maybe 20 to 30 minutes after, so those nutrients have a head start before fiber takes over. If one wanted to slow absorption of bad things, one could consume fiber with or directly before. Reverse that for good things. Uh, Did you catch that? If anybody. Yeah. And then. Lucas goes on to say, if I had to choose between hemp or psyllium, I'd choose hemp. It contains a mixture of both soluble and insoluble fiber, 20% soluble and 80% insoluble. It also contains healthy proteins and fats. Psyllium, I'd rather uh, is rather unpleasant when consumed and can cause gas and bloating in some. Uh, long answer, uh, but hopefully that helps. Uh, thank you, Lucas, if you're watching. Thank you for. Uh, uh, shoot me that text what's your thoughts do you need me to read any any yeah
1: um no that's a great question very very good question because we all probably don't eat enough fiber um yeah i like i like hemp fiber better because one thing because it tastes better psyllium doesn't taste too good um and they both have soluble and insoluble fiber in them hemp has more uh, insoluble than soluble. I think psyllium has probably more soluble. Uh, so they're used for kind of different purposes, but the, the reason I like hemp because it has a lot of omega threes, uh, tocopherols, it has, um, more nutrients really. Um, you know, if you just want a bulk former, maybe you want psyllium, but, um, i think overall i would rate the hemp i think i did a podcast on this a long yeah. time ago i like the taste of it you know i like to sprinkle it on foods um, i think it mixes better it has kind of a nutty taste so i really like the taste of it celium um, just doesn't taste very well very good and um doesn't have all those omega-3s that the hemp does in it um, plus hemp just sounds better. You know, you're taking hemp, uh, <laughs> but so I prefer hemp, but the, the timing is important. The, the important point of this because both of them are okay. Um, but the timing, cause you're right. It could delay the absorption of your nutrients and your vitamins, maybe even some medication. So what I tell people is take your fiber, um, at least an hour before you eat or take medications or four hours after you eat because it can affect the absorption of some of the good stuff too. You're exactly right. That's a great point. So a lot of people will take it at night you know, when they're not taking anything else. They'll take it at night. So that's a good time. But an hour before, not closer than an hour before or four hours after you eat a nutritious meal, or take your vitamins um, because it definitely can affect uh, the absorption of your nutrients. Um, And yeah, I I like what Lucas said about it too. It's, um, you know, timing is, is so important. And maybe if you want something to move through quicker, like junk food, maybe you take it with that, you know, if you're eating something that you shouldn't be eating it's interesting. I um, mean, just pure starches or something like that. But what a great question! Very so timing, and I prefer hemp, although some fibers are better than not enough. And we, but we, we most of us don't get enough. Listen to your bowels. You know, some people get constipated, and soluble fibers mean that it's water soluble. Insoluble is not water soluble. You use the insoluble more to move things through. Um, interesting and soluble, maybe if you have more gut problems, that type of thing. But, uh, um, but they both can actually help reduce cholesterol as well, whether or not you care about that or not. That's another matter. But, uh, um, because cholesterol is either being too absorbed or too produced by your liver, there's two different types of, um, ways you can get high cholesterol. One is your liver cranks out too much. The other one is your gut absorbs too much. Um, And that's one reason why these fibers can carry it through and not be absorbed. But great question. Timing. And I I prefer the hemp personally.
0: All right. Thank you for that question that came in through email. Uh, Welcome in, Elena. So glad to have you in here tonight. Um, Let's get to this question here. I have a multi-generational history of cancer in my family. And my doctor thinks I should have a prenuvo scan run. What is a prenuvo scan and what does it show? Uh, what's your thoughts on this?
1: That is, I, I haven't heard it called prenuvo, but I assume it's a whole body MRI. I would say do it at different places. Insurance doesn't pay for it, but it's just a whole body MRI. I've had several patients go for that. Um, You know, some, they do it in Florida, they do it in Atlanta. Um, There was a radiologist in Maryville, Tennessee, doing them. Um, But you're going to have to pay for them. But it's just a, it's an MRI from your head down through your pelvis. So they're looking for things that you can't see and that may be occult, in other words, unseen and tiny. Um, So besides the expense of it, um, You know, a lot of times I'll see that there's some false positives and it'll lead to unnecessary workups um, because they kind of have to when you're a radiologist, you have to kind of mm. hedge a little bit, you know, cover your butt on it um, for lawsuit problems. Um So you know, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I think that they'll get better and more affordable as time goes on. I mean, I think. We're going to be able to tell a lot of stuff through uh, scans that um, whether it's an MRI or something else that just hasn't come up yet, that's quicker because, uh, you know, a whole body MRI scan takes a long time if you laying in there. It's expensive, um, but say you had a, you had a brain tumor or, you know, you're, or you had a uh, lesion on your lung. Um, you know, nowadays they have a low dose, um, a low dose of radiation CAT scan that's that we use quite frequently as a uh, lung cancer screener. So yeah, I mean, it'll probably be the thing at some point, it's just not there yet. It's expensive, it takes a long time there's going to be some false negatives. It may scare you. Um, So I don't think we're quite there yet for the masses. Um, But certainly I'm not against you going and getting this done just to kind of maybe relieve your mind of it. we got, we also of course have a few blood markers for cancers and genetic testing. Uh, It's going to be big. So, uh the future for sure
0: great question there thank you for sending that in welcome in jasmine my esti bestie uh our esthetician in both fountain city and the west knoxville office uh let's get to a magnesium question here what brands of taurate and creel omega-3s would you suggest the prices and quality seem to be all over the place
1: yeah, you know, especially with omega-3s, the, the quality's all over the place. I'll, my favorite omega-3 is made by Ortho Molecular. Um, that's, that's the one I take and the one I recommend. Um, the Magnesium Taurate, um, I think Life Extension may have one, uh, which, you know, I, I do like that brand of magnesium, especially for cognition. Um so I think about uh, getting life extension magnesium, um, and I would go the orthomolecular. That's my favorite krill omega three.
0: All right, great question there. And I'm gonna put this up. Uh, Margo, who is our uh, PA in the Fountain City location, is saying the gallery test has been developed in the past few months that's supposed to test for almost. 50 types of cancer by blood. However, the specificity and sensitivity, false positives and negatives aren't perfect for each cancer type. Margo, thank you for putting that in there. Uh, guys, as I always say, stay, Interesting. stay tuned, uh, in the comment section. Uh, we have a, a bunch of our team here tonight. So, uh, and, uh, the community here, their, their, uh, their thoughts and comments are just unbelievable. So stay tuned to the comments. Uh, Thank you for that, Margot. Let's get to uh, a question about osteoporosis. Um, uh, We just, we uh, had an outside the box episode with Jill Henritzi, our PA in Bristol. Um, If if you did not look at that, uh, check that out. But the question is, I am a 69-year-old female and just got a bone density test. The results showed osteoporosis where three years ago was osteopenia. All the medicines have side effects, and don't know what in don't know what to take. I have not been taking calcium because it can also cause problems. Suggestions, please, dosages and brands. What's your what's your thoughts on that? Um, And maybe it's to to check out that video with Jill. Uh, I'm sure she definitely go to Jill.
1: Jill's our osteoporosis expert. You know, any almost any woman over fifty. Certainly when you get to 60, you're going to have osteopenia, you know, which, which really they have a Z score and a T score on a bone density scan. And the T score is what we usually look at. And it's it's based on a 30-year-old's bone. So you're not going to have the bones of a 30-year-old. So almost everybody I get a bone scan back on has osteopenia. Now you cross over into, you know, a T score of negative 2.5 or worse and it crosses you over into more of a thinner bone osteoporosis, you're more at risk for fractures. The thing about the medicines is I don't like them either. I hardly ever use them um, because they cause so many side effects. I mean, I just, you know, the old bisphosphonates like Fosamax, we used to put people on that, and it it causes terrible heartburn reflux. Uh, It can cause osteonecrosis of the jaw, um, you know, it's just hard to tolerate. And it, besides, I don't think it builds the right kind of bone anyway. You know, there is a an injectable called Prolia um, that a lot of people recommend. At least it decides, you know, you get it once every six months and it you, you're not going to get the GI effects with it. Um, certainly like you would the oral bisphosphonates, it is a form of bisphosphonate, but, um, you know, it, it's got its own set of side effects as well, including nausea necrosis, maybe and some of the side effects include increased risk of fractures in certain bones. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things I don't really like them, um, You know, you also can have a lot of bone pain when you take the prolia. Um, I guess if it was really severe, I would consider it. And I've referred a few few patients uh, for that injection. Um, But vertebral fractures can occur because of it. Um, I'm a big fan of the old fashioned stuff. I, I'm like you. I don't like, you don't need to take extra calcium really. You know, we used to put everybody on 1200 milligrams of calcium and it's just, just doesn't work. And too much calcium can cause effects too. what, here's what I like to do. Number one, exercise, weight bearing exercise. Um, I like uh, vitamin D with K. Remember to take vitamin K that helps, the D directs the calcium in your bones, not your joints, your arteries, and I like bioidentical hormones. To me, bioidentical hormones are just tremendous estrogen. Estrogen, uh, you know, that's why women have osteoporosis more way more than men do, because they lose all their estrogen. So, hormone replacement is my number one treatment for it. Um, so, I'm like you. I I, I wouldn't get on one. Hmm. Um, You know, they're expensive, have a lot of side effects. Um, It had to be pretty severe. Again, if if you have questions, please do a consult with Jill. Um, You know, all the orthopedic doctors send all their osteoporosis patients to her. Mm -hmm. And she's a good mix between, um, you know, she knows all the traditional stuff and she also knows all the integrative stuff that we do. So I guess it'd have to be pretty severe for me to put you on a medicine like you're talking about. And certainly I wouldn't take any extra calcium. That's another thing that like Prolia can do is deplete your calcium. So you'd have to take extra calcium when you take that. Um, but so that's kind of my two cents worth. Um, so look at all the other stuff first and, and follow it and see if it's rapidly progressing and hopefully it's not. Um, if you're doing all the other stuff, um, very good question.
0: That's a great question there. And I know a lot of people um, are, are, like you said, pretty much everybody over 60 has some form of osteopenia or has osteopenia?
1: Females, yeah.
0: Super interesting. Thank you so much for that question that came through email. Um, let's get to this one. We're gonna, we haven't talked about Freestyle Libres in a while. Um, yeah. my freestyle Libre says not to take high levels oh. over 500 milligrams of vitamin C as it can affect the numbers so would you recommend just leaving off vitamin C for two weeks so what this question is about is about the two-week um, I guess free trial for a lot of people uh, doing this freestyle Libre um,
1: I it- never tell anybody that I've read that before but I you know you know if you if you're just doing a two-week you um, Kind of test of it. That's reasonable. Just cut your vitamin C out. It's not going to hurt you. Or five hundred milligrams instead of you know a gram like I take every day. Um, If you're sick, take more. But not a bad. I don't know why it affects it. To be honest with you, but I prescribed two of those today, and those things are so helpful. Um, You know, they really are. You're just going to get much better control, even for non-diabetics like me. I, I wore one just to see what different foods and drinks did to my blood sugars. And very surprising, um, at what pops your sugar up. So, um, so you're
0: saying you're not advising any, anybody to do anything differently during that two week period.
1: Uh, no, I'll say during that two week period. If it says that, go ahead and drop off your, if you're taking a higher dose, see, just drop back to 500.
0: Let's see here. Okay. Got it. Um, now this is from the, the same listener, um, has to do again with, with the Freestyle Libre. It gets into some numbers here. Um, every morning, my alarm for low glucose has gone off between 3 and 5 a.m. with readings like 57, 65, 53, 54, when for the most part, all other readings have been in zone or close. Question is, is this a concern? As I know on the YouTube video, Andy said you don't want to drop below 60. Uh, this is referring to, um, I believe it was was when you did a a test run with Andy uh, on the Freestyle Libre. Uh, Why would this be happening? And should I be concerned? uh, For context, if uh, they wait three to five minutes and check it again, it is back up to around 80. I don't
1: think it's a major concern. You're pretty close to 60. I don't know whether you're a diabetic, what medications you're on. A lot of that would make a difference. You know, if I, if I knew you're taking insulin at night or, you know, on an oral hypoglycemic medication. But, you know, that you do some weird stuff in the middle of the night. The other thing is some people have a little reactive hypoglycemia in the middle of the night. Um, if you go to bed on an empty stomach or if you consume carbohydrates before you go to bed, then you could wake up a little hypoglycemic because of, um, you know, a hyper insulin response. Uh, So it's kind of normal, but if you're not symptomatic from it, I don't know if you're, if it's waking you up. I know with, you know, having two diabetic kids all these years, they would recognize a hypoglycemic episode and it would wake them up. and They'd know to, to eat something. They got some diabetics don't, you know, and we're mostly talking about type one that, you know, are insulin dependent, of course, and a lot more brittle. I mean, Gosh, their sugars would go from 550 to 25, you know, in a matter of a couple hours. I've seen that happen. Of course, they're taking insulin and all. That's why the, the pumps are really good. You know, and at night your pump's gonna pump out less insulin than it is during the day um, because of that. But it's kind of a natural thing thing to drop down a little bit um, at night. But if you're not symptomatic and those are the numbers. I wouldn't be overly concerned. I really wouldn't. Uh, but look at if you're taking a medication for diabetes, it might, it may be a different matter. So you might want to even experiment with if you're eating something before you go to bed, not eating, or if you're not eating, maybe getting a little protein to see if that would even the levels out just a little bit. Um, yeah, that great. is it. Observation, though,
0: and this is. Uh, I, I want to put this in just because I know there's some people here who uh, are considering doing the freestyle libre. I know you talk about it every day, so we're getting a little, uh, little in depth here, which I, which I like. Uh, two mornings, my level jumped to 151 and 171. Again, this is with the freestyle libre. First thing in the morning, after a full night's fast, six, six p.m., and yeah. nothing besides black coffee. Yeah. What would cause this? It quickly goes back to normal, but this seemed odd to me. Uh, I love this because I know uh, I can just tell by your reaction that this is like something that a lot of people go through. What, what's your thoughts?
1: How can you tell? You see it in my eyes? Or something? I saw right. it. I saw it. You I did? could, I could it? tell.
0: I can always tell.
1: Yeah. You're very observant. You really I, can, I can always Good tell time. when like you Because I can not answer. I can answer this. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm like, thank God he knows the answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's embarrassing if I don't, isn't it? Had to get Andy on here, Kelly. Yeah. But yeah, that's called the dawn phenomena. Mm. It's a common thing, even though you haven't eaten anything because your cortisol kind of gets revved up in the morning to wake you up. So it's really a cortisol thing. Uh, it's called the dawn phenomena. Um, and the other thing, when you get, you go the other way, it's called the Samoji effect. I guess named from a Japanese person, but anyway, it's kind of normal and it's not a big concern, um, that it pops up a little bit like that, uh, because of that cortisol release. Um, you know, it kind of wakes you up and gets you ready and it's, you may be a little overreactive, but boy, you know, I found a lot of things that, um, you know, really affected my levels when I, um, when I checked my freestyle leave, all kinds of stuff affected it. Um, Here's Ike's wants to get on the show already, but he's on, Come on, Ike.
0: Come on I- But that's
1: a great observation. But no, I mean, I wouldn't freak out if it goes back to normal at all. It's kind of a normal phenomenon. Some people have a little bit more than others. Some of it may depend on how stressed you are, how much, what the quality of sleep that you've got, whether you have sleep apnea or not, which a lot of people have. Um, but when I did my freestyle, Libre, you know, mine jumped up, too. I'm not a diabetic, but um, it wasn't unusual for me to jump up like that, 150, 160. Um, but, you know, my A1C is good, and most of my readings are good. You're not going to be perfect on this thing. Mm. Um, and uh, so don't freak out or anything. But that's what – look up Don phenomena. Um
0: Yeah, I actually think that's what it is. I think we've we've done some content with with Andy on on the dawn phenomena. Um, I'll have to try and find that. I'll 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 send that. I I, I've got the email, so I'll I'll try. I think
1: Andy needs to do another little podcast on frequently asked questions concerning blood sugars.
0: Yeah, because I mean, when it jumps so when it jumps high like that, or when it dips down low like it's it's easy to get concerned and um, mm-hmm. so guess if it's waking you up, yeah,
1: you know, I wish those things wouldn't alarm at that level. But that's going to affect your sleep.
0: Uh, great questions there. Thank you for sending those in and starting the conversation around uh, the freestyle Libre and uh, and blood sugar levels. It's so important. Um, okay, let me see if I can. Oh, here's one. Um, I missed this from last week. I apologize in advance. Um, since different types of magnesium are best for different things, would it be smart to alternate two kinds every other day, or will one kind help somewhat with multiple things? Uh, an example is uh, glycinate for bones and threonate for brain. Um, Robin did an explain this episode on all the different types of magnesium, and, um, and there's so yeah. many for so many different things. Uh, how do you counsel people with this? Cause I, I know lots of people think uh, this.
1: Yeah. I like the combination that has several in them. Uh, I think the three and eight life extension three and eight is good. Um, I think the neuro mag even has a couple of different types. If you're just constipated, you know, go more for the mag citrate. Um, but yeah, you're right. They have different, different, uh, advantages. That's why I like the combination uh, magnesium uh, supplements the best, unless you're just purely constipated. Because if you're like me and getting some age on you, you want that. You want bones. You want brain. You want bowels. You want. Uh, I mean, magnesium also kind of protects you. Uh, the torate is really good for heart cardiovascular safety. Prevents cardiac arrhythmias, etc. So if you can get a combination, and I'm certainly not against you taking you have some different types alternating them it's a good idea so you
0: would alternate if if you had different uses or different reasons for taking it would you so not on the same day though
1: well you know you're getting too much magnesium if you start having diarrhea then you have too much okay you know i usually don't recommend more than 500 or 600 a night but certainly you know there are combinations out there
0: But if you're taking two different types, you would take one on a Monday, the other on a Tuesday. Probably
1: if they're up there in dose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Super great questions that came in throughout the week. Thank you, guys. Uh, We're going to go to the live comments. This is the section of the show where we answer questions live. So if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, uh, please go ahead and put that um, in the comments. Uh, Thank you so much for all the people that are with us live. This is so cool. Um, I'm going to put this up from Roel just because I just saw it. Would love for you to have a podcast on CPR basics or trans. Interesting. Okay. Man,
1: that is great. Yes. Okay. Put that on the list, Ben. Awesome.
0: I'm writing that down because, uh, Roel, we we talk a lot about like home medical kits, um, things that you need to have uh, at home. So this is kind of right, right in line with that. So thank you.
1: Um, great. That's a good. We will. We will.
0: Um it's good right. to
1: refresh that because you never know.
0: Let's see here. Let me see if I can find
1: uh, you never been called upon to perform CPR, Ben. Uh
0: to be completely honest, I have not. Um uh but I will say, do you remember that story with Andy? How uh, I think he was I think he was still in PA school when um there was somebody in a restaurant choking and um and he went over and, and saved this person's life. And, uh, Andy was kind of looking around to see like, you know, who saw that. And like, he was kind of like amazed, uh, cause he just saved somebody's life and like nobody paid attention. The person that he, uh, uh, did the Heimlich maneuver on just kind of went about their day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't even thank him. Yeah. You know, somebody saved Andy's life when he was a kid doing the Heimlich maneuver on him. Really? Mm-hmm. In Oak Ridge in the Taco Bell. Yeah, will remember it?
0: I think I, I think I do remember. It was that one of the do,
1: my doctor friend's wife. Really? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had to do CPR several times on people, but um, outside of the hospital setting as well. We used to have to do it a lot in the hospital, but, um, but yeah, um, you know, a lot of people. Because a lot of people, it's different these days. Most, most people recommend you don't breathe for them anymore. They actually will have a better chance of survival if you don't do mouth-to-mouth on them.
0: I really love this idea, Roa. That's, that's great. I, I feel like everybody should know this, um, and I'm uh, not pumped to say I, I, I need this podcast as much as anyone else. Um, let's get to Mark's question here on YouTube. Uh, gut microbiota signaling to mitochondria has been shown to alter mitochondrial metabolism. Do you think a GI map would offer insight to mitochondria dysfunction and possible Mm -hmm. treatment? Uh, This has to do do with the podcast episode today.
1: I do. I do. You know, um, for the last two weeks, I've done a deep dive on mitochondria requiring me to fully digest two hard books, taking me back to biochemistry days, but it's important. Um, And yeah, I certainly do think that that's exactly right. You know, your gut microbiome, meaning the bacteria in your gut, direct your metabolism. They, they, they can tell your, um, your, your DNA, what to do, how to change when to turn on and off your mitochondria, which has its own DNA, um, certainly, um, responsible not only for energy production, but also for, um, epigenetics, you know, the turning on and off of, uh, certain gene sequences that matter a lot to uh, your health and well-being because it, it's responsible for really cleaning out sailor debris you know uh, autophagy um, um, you know pro- program sailor death apoptosis. Um, but, yeah, I mean, your your gut microbiome is, is the start of everything, really. You have way more bacterial DNA in your gut that's not yours than you have your own DNA. Mm. So you're being directed by an outside force, which is kind of scary to think about. But, um, you know, certainly uh, it's really important. And I think the GI maps – you know, one of the best ways we have right now of kind of sorting that out. Um, I always get a lot of good questions about that. Um, um, I got one today that I'm going to have to really do some deep thinking about. About uh, Had Klebsiella in their gut microbiome, and she had read somewhere where, this is a physician, uh, starches can kind of, interact with that and make your joints hurt more. Um so interesting stuff, complex stuff, but yes, I think that's a definitely a good, good place to start especially if you have a lot of, of gut dysfunction. And then definitely look at that GI map.
0: Well, and, and that's interesting that Mark brought that up because uh in the podcast I I don't think that you you went over you know, some things you can do, um, you went over some consequences of mitochondrial dysfunction, but I, I don't think you went over like, how would you know if you have mitochondrial dysfunction? Um,
1: other well, than basically you're tired. Um, okay.
0: So just tired.
1: Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of markers for it, but uh, certainly, you know, in, in taking a deep dive in it, uh, the, the microbiome plays a big part.
0: So the GI map might be like a really good, um, test to see how Couldn't your mitochondria is doing. All right. Aaron's asking on YouTube, is LDN something you can go on long-term? Will the body get used to it and doses need to be adjusted? Expand on long-term use of LDN, please. What's your thoughts on yeah, this? Yeah. LDN is. we just
1: get such good reports on LDN, helping all kinds of autoimmune inflammatory conditions. Um, One thing about LDN, it's not going to work overnight. Give it time, at least a month. And yeah, I've just seen some just amazing things happen with low dose Naltrexone. Very few people can't take it. I've had a few people that, you know, were a little drowsy the next morning or didn't like the vivid dreams that you can have on it. In that case, I tell them to take it in the morning. But um, you know, you can definitely take it long term. Um, certainly not habit forming, but you know, what I usually tell people with most any medication that's going to be long-term like that, um, whether it's a vitamin or a supplement like this is, you know, give it one day a week off, you know, usually you're going to forget one day anyway, so it's going to work out by itself. But, um, you know, I haven't really had to go up, keep going up on the dose really too much. I rarely use more than four and a half um, milligrams. Sometimes I go a little higher, six. I've used eight in a couple of cases, but um, it's definitely a long-term medication. Um, but it's, it's not a bad idea to take a break from it occasionally or at least one day a week off and kind of see how you feel because you can get tolerant to anything. Um, no doubt about it.
0: Great question, there, Aaron. Um, let's get to Amber's question here on Facebook. I know you aren't supposed to take licorice root with high blood pressure, but what about uh, Amber? You did it. Uh, D deg- degly- scissors.
1: Boy, that's a tough. <laughs> that's one. a
0: tough one. Uh, that's a really tough word, Amber. So I I apologize, um, but I'll... yeah,
1: I, I don't think that's you know I'm not even going to attempt it. I can't say that one either. <laughs> I don't want to get embarrassed. Say that real fast. That's a toughie. Um, <laughs> um, Yeah. You know, if you take that, it's, it's probably okay with that. Just check your blood pressure. If you do that. Um, I don't know that you're going to get the, 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 uh, good effects of it. Um, with that form. I don't know. I don't use a lot of licorice. I know it's beneficial for a lot of things. Um, I'd have to review some of my literature about it. I just don't use a lot of it. Um, But I would just, I think that's fine. Just keep an eye on your blood pressure. Um, Because definitely they are contraindicated in people with uncontrolled hypertension, um, the the regular form of it.
0: All right. Great question there, Amber. Thank you for putting that in. Let's get to, uh, let's see here. Um, Looking for question from Sonia. Hi guys. Dr. Rogers, my, my, Dr. Rogers, my nephew's wife was just diagnosed with alpha gal syndrome. It took two years to diagnose her. Do you have any advice for her? Alpha gal syndrome.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna have to review. I haven't, I haven't seen anybody that with that since medical school. Um, I'm trying to just rack my brain well, I'd, I'd be afraid to say anything, but I'll put that on. I'll try to get back with you. And because I just don't treat any patients with that. So I'll try to write that down for me, Ben, so I can contact Sonia with that and um, see who, who could actually give her some help on that. Um,
0: All right. Writing down alpha it, gal syndrome. Okay. Cool, uh, Sonia. We're going to get back to you on that one. Thank you for putting that in. Um, let's get to coal miner's daughter here on YouTube. What do you recommend for your narcoleptic patients?
1: Uh, narcolepsy is a condition. It's a sleep disorder where you just fall asleep when you're talking to somebody. You know, you, you just have excessive daytime sleepiness. It can even cross over into shift worker syndrome, also. My favorite medicine for it number one, probably get a sleep study. Um, but I like provigil, mm. um, that That's my favorite for being alert. I also use that in ADD a lot of times, too. But I love Modafinil. it's really good for being alert. Um, you know, a lot of the jet pilots take it before a mission. And it's really, I think it's the pill that that movie Limitless was based on. Uh, Bradley Cooper movie, remember that? Yep. The smart pill, some people yep. call it that. <laughs> That's. I, I have a great example of a guy that, a uh, patient, I tell this all the time, but he came up and saw me from, drove up a couple hours, and he definitely had narcolepsy. I put him on Medinfil, and he goes to the CVS in Knoxville to fill it, calls back and he says, I can't afford $850 a month for this stuff. And, and now it's generic. It used to be prohibitively expensive, but it's generic now. So CVS was charging him $850 a month for that. So I start checking on things. So we went to GoodRx. You can get it for $35 a month at Food City. So that's how much of a ripoff they were doing on him. So shop around. I'm always telling people to shop around for their medicines. Pay cash for it. Go good RX. There's some other programs like that too. But, you know, some of these pharmacies are going to rip you off. I'm telling you. It's just, you know, they get involved in all these PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, and it's just terrible. Um, Even a generic medication. But I love ProVigil, wonderful medication.
0: All right. Thank you for that coal miners daughter. Let's get to Deb, uh, on Facebook thoughts on ABT Shingrex vaccine.
1: Um, I think that's just thoughts about oh, Shingrex. Oh, th- okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, um, sorry, that's the way sorry, I Deb. Took it. Um, you know, um, it's a two-step vaccine to prevent shingles. Shingles can be bad. We've seen some horrible shingles cases, so I'm certainly not against that vaccine. It's a two-shot deal. I took one four or five years ago, and I didn't feel too good. I felt terrible after I took it, so I never took the second one. Uh, So hopefully I have some protection. But, um, you know, so I'm certainly not against it. Um, You know, I don't know. This whole uh, vaccine question kind of, you know, people aren't as trusting anymore about any of these vaccines Um, but, um, certainly shingles can be bad, but the thing about shingles also, if you treat early, there's good treatments for shingles as well, but there's a fairly high incidence of shingles after you get to 50, uh, years old. And certainly I've seen some pretty, pretty bad cases of it. Um, and sometimes even if you treat it kind of early, uh, so I'm not against it. Let's put it that way.
0: All right, thank you for that, Deb. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see. Seeing a, a lot of great um, comments around uh, the third the third cause of the healthcare crisis. Thank you guys. Um, let's see where am I at. Just a comment from Barbara. I take the fiber when I first get up, but back to the fiber question, then take some of my vitamins after an hour or more, as you suggested. Cool.
1: Great.
0: Oh. Good. Sorry, guys. I'm uh, trying to move as fast as I can. Here we go, Kathy. Um, I was recently re-diagnosed with multiple myeloma and was advised by my oncologist to stop taking my BHRT. I, I have done that, but my symptoms are returning and I want to do the creams at least. Can I do that? Well, man, I'm so sorry to hear this, Kathy. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't see why you shouldn't be back on it. One thing I've noticed about oncologists, as great as they are, they don't know much about hormone replacement therapy. So if I, they, if they took a deep dive and got educated, and all they'd probably be all for you taking, the, you know, bioidentical hormones. They probably don't even know the difference between a, a bioidentical and a synthetic so you know my if you if you came into me i would put you back on it because i don't like to do anything that's against somebody being treated for any kind of cancer because i don't want to get into you know a a tit for tat with their the oncologist who's directing the treatment for that um but i just don't see the rationale behind it to be honest with you um you know the 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 creams aren't, uh, and the pellets certainly, you know, they're not. They don't have to be metabolized through your liver. They don't cause cancer. Um, you know, I tell you a great place from um, multiple mile long in the center of the world's in Little Rock, Arkansas. There's mm. several of my patients go there for their treatment. Um, so if you have any questions, you may want to venture out uh, to there. But um, I, I hope you go into a uh, you know, another remission and, uh, put our prayers up there for you. But I I don't know why they, they would tell you that, to be honest with you. Um, uh, um,
0: Kathy, we'll be, we'll certainly be praying for you and keep us posted on, on where you're at with that. Let's get to, to Chloe here. Um, I'm trying to think, um, Chloe, um, spoke with your wife about my father-in-law having prostate cancer. Can you guide me to the YouTube video you have that is related to such a diagnosis, uh, diagnosis? Um, trying to think what that would be with prostate cancer. Would that be,
1: um, I'm sure I've done them on prostates. Um, and you might even want to go to, um, our alternative cancer treatment, um,
0: Oh, maybe that was it. Okay, it might be maybe. that. But um, we've—I'm sure we've done something on prostate cancer. Um, I'm, the, I'm Chloe. We'll we'll get you we'll get you that video. Yeah, we'll direct
1: you, you to that those probably a couple of videos on that. But that, you know, gosh, there, there's a lot of choices and decisions to be made with prostate cancer. Um, I tell people that have it, please don't freak out about it mm-hmm. because it's probably not going to kill you. Um, you know, certainly there are more aggressive forms of prostate cancer. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think as far as men are concerned, I think all of us are going to die with prostate cancer, not of it. But there's certainly more there are more aggressive forms depending on the Gleason score. And, you know, there's several different options for people as far as treatment of prostate cancer. Um, Certainly after I decided on which traditional method I would go, I would definitely think about, um, and again, it depends on if you have metastatic prostate cancer or localized. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly I'll think about some of the alternative follow-ups too, like uh, artemisinin um, and fimbendazole. Ketogenic diets, IV vitamin C, those things. I'd probably be doing all those because of me. Um, but uh but great question. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us and maybe make a visit and look at all the all the different variables to your case.
0: And, Chloe, I'll put that. Um, I, 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 I'm I pretty sure I know what video it is. Uh, we'll put that in the Dan comments. Dan Bolton's a video
1: you might want to look at too. His wasn't prostate cancer. but But... Right. Um, you know, he talks about a lot of different treatments for um, for all kinds of cancers.
0: Um, I'm putting this up here from Barbara um, just for the osteoporosis question. Exercise for osteoporosis was the answer for my mother who lived to 97 years old, uh, broke hip at 92. Um, that's awesome. I, I completely agree. I think My grandmother Mother Mary's in here, exercises every single day. Um, I think that's right. I think exercise is crucial. That's
1: number one. That's number one.
0: Yep. Um, okay. Let's get to some more questions here from D Lynn. Is there a supplement instead of using hormones? Uh, okay. I I think this is for, is this for uh, for, um, osteoporosis? Um, I, I think it's just, about hormones. Uh, is there, is there a supplement instead of using hormones? I went through menopause at 45. I'm now 64 and still have bad hot flashes. My yeah. doctor won't put me on hormones. I took Prempro for a couple of years and, uh, let's see if I, uh, I might be messing this up, D-Lynn. I'm sorry. Um, I think the question is this, is there a supplement? Um,
1: yeah, there's all kinds of supplements for, you know, symptoms of menopause like, Uh, Black cohash, uh, borage oil, evening primrose oil are the ones that come to mind. Um, But, yeah, you know, you probably need to find a doctor who knows a lot about hormones because if your mammograms are normal, unless you have active breast cancer, I don't know why they wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't put you on primpro. You know, those are synthetic hormones. I mean, not because it's terrible. It's not. But, there's just the bioidenticals are certainly safer, and I don't use oral hormones except for a bioidentical progesterone sometimes when I do a pellet. But um, yeah, I mean, you just need to talk to a doctor who's up with hormones, and most doctors just not—they're not trained in it, and they're going to poo-poo anything they don't know about. So you can do a phone consult with us if you want. I mean, you know, I certainly wouldn't deny myself uh, bioidentical hormones just because your doctor. For some reason doesn't know much about them um read the read the book um all about women's hormones by dr um pam smith maybe even give your doctor a copy of it the (laughs) doctors can get obstinate they get obstinate and arrogant sometimes and you know i'm a healthy skeptic myself i'm an open skeptic myself but certainly and you're not remember you're not just taking hormones for hot flashes certainly it'll cure your hot flashes But it also, you're taking them to make your life better for your brain, your bones, your skin, your hair, your libido, your energy levels, everything. I mean, you know, just make sure you have a normal mammogram. And, you know, even if you have a family history of breast cancer, that wouldn't stop me from putting you on hormone creams. You just have a doctor that, like most doctors, aren't familiar with it. And you probably shouldn't prescribe anything that you don't know anything about. You shouldn't. But at least say, hey, see a doctor who, who's, a, who's an expert in this, who does a lot of this. So, you know, we do a lot of telemedicine if you can't come into one of our offices, you know. Um, so read that book and uh, make sure your mammogram's up to date and normal. Um, but these hormones do not cause cancer, for one thing. They do not cause strokes. Um, they do not cause heart disease. In fact, they prevent cancer, heart disease, and strokes. That's when you get cancer, heart disease, and strokes, when you don't have the hormones. Mm. You're getting old and brittle. So, um, you know, again, um, when you don't have a doctor that's that's at least listening to you, then find another one. Um,
0: I love that. Thank you, D-Lim, for, uh, for asking that question because I, I think a, a lot of people have – you know, um, these preconceived ideas, uh, around hormones and, um, and, uh, they're hearing it from their doctors, you know? So, uh, so hopefully, you know, it shows like this, uh, communities like this, we can, we can help out with that. Um, okay, let's get to, uh, Rochelle's question, um, and, and then we'll get to, to the surprise Uh, Doctor, I saw an interview of an 87-year-old young lady who swore by eating gelatin every day for her joints. She said no arthritis, no pain. Is that truly helpful? What's your thoughts?
1: I think it is helpful. You know, there's a lot of good collagen in there. You can take some collagen uh, extracts or gelatin is a cheap way to get it. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't guarantee you're not going to have any pain as you get older in her case younger um but uh, yeah I'm, I'm all for it
0: all right and then we've got you, you know mask I know why Matt's here um bianca's wanting the same the same uh, question answered um okay
1: is, it's eight o'clock let's bring let's bring Ike down some people call him dr Ike I think Matt, Matt calls him dr Ike
0: dr Ike uh, Dr. Um, Ike's coming, coming. Uh, if you guys have any last minute questions, put them in. If not, we're going to get to Dr. Ike and, uh, uh, and our surprise here. Uh, but man, that was a good show. How do you think we did? That was a
1: great show. I think you did great. I don't know how I did. Some of questions I didn't know. But, honestly,
0: I thought you knocked um, it out of the ballpark.
1: These things stimulate my brain like the, uh, the gals. And I'm I'm going to really look into that one for Sonia. Okay. Is Ike coming here first? Hang on. Hang on. Let me get Ike in here first. Ike, right, come, here. come here. Ike wants to say hi because he's shot tonight night for some reason. Here he is. Okay. What's up, Ike? Hey, what are you looking at me for weird? You're looking at me weird tonight because hi, he has Ike. a guest. They call him Dr. Ike. Ike now has an assistant. He calls her Nurse Izzy. There this she is. This is our new addition here. Look at that. This is Izzy here. She's Easy. a Bernadoodle, like Ike. They're not related. Um, They came, both came from Indiana in the same place, but they're not. <laughs> they're not related. She's a lover girl. She loves me. She just loves me. Uh, but so they're not technically from the same mom and dad, but they're from the same amazing breeder and uh she's just a cutie pie isn't she uh, izzy i know you met her yesterday we just got her yesterday
0: izzy is adorable and uh my hope here is that izzy's going to be a mainstay on the show as is dr ike um i'm seeing you know tracy's wanting wanting them brought to the kingsport office um okay. <laughs> i think we uh let's see here you know, she loves Aunt a lot Katie loves does. loves both. I I know you're partial to Ike too, so you know Ike is not being ignored here, guys. Um, <laughs> Ike still gets his love. Um, Tammy wants one. This little one.
1: girl is amazing. She's a person. <laughs> Tammy wants one. I tell you, this this little girl stole my heart. Really, I just love her to death. Yeah, I love her. Look at look at that. She's very affectionate. Also, she slept in a crate the whole night through, didn't make a peep. Ike slept right outside her crate, slept through the night. I was looking for a sleepless night last night, the first night she was here. But she was amazing. Really? So Ike slept yeah.
0: outside the, like right beside her?
1: Right outside. Over, they're already great friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, she's partial to me. <laughs> she is She is cute. She's a doll. I'll she tell you is what. a doll.
0: Izzy, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be a star on this show. I, I'll tell you
1: one thing, Ike is jelly over though, very jelly.
0: I'm sure he's jelly. You know, uh, Sippa here's jelly as well. That's uh, Linda's pup. Uh, Sippa's <laughs> jealous. We're gonna have a lot of jealous, uh, a lot of jealous pups here. Um, no, she's so cute, Izzy. We're so glad to have you here. Uh, so we got we got Ike and Izzy, guys. Ike and Izzy, they'll be back each week. Um, <laughs> All right. Pop, I think that's a show, man.
1: All right, Ben. Don't go away.
0: Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.